Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. Happy Thursday, happy November. I can't believe it's already November. I'm so excited for this month. Much needed break coming in two weeks when I go on a trip and it's my birthday month and Thanksgiving so I get to go home and I'm really, really excited. But I wanted to do a quick intro for you guys and do my sucker sweet of the week before we get into Marcella's episode because it's a good one. It's a long one, but it's a good one and I'm really, really excited to chat with her and for you guys to hear it. But my suck of the week was that on Friday, our Halloween party, so on the 29th, um, my water got shut off for 20 hours and I was hosting a pregame and I told everyone, you know, please come in a little bit, you know, still don't have any water. The pregame was kind of a bust, but chilla was fun. We went out afterwards and we went dancing, so it ended up being a pretty good night. It's just really annoying that my water got shut off around 4.30 in the afternoon. I didn't get it back till like 1 p.m. the next day and we were not warned, we were not told anything, and there was multiple people saying different reasons for why it was off and not being able to turn it back on, and we had no ETA on when it was going to come back on, and I had to sleep at my friend's house so I could take a shower because I went to Chilla with self-tanner on because I hadn't been able to wash it off like I had planned. So that was my suck of the week, Uh, quite an interesting suck, but the sweet was that You know, I've had some really exciting networking opportunities in the last few weeks and I got to go to a law school event with a law firm that they put on exclusively for a student organization that I'm a part of and meet attorneys from one of the best firms in the area that I have fallen in love with. So fingers crossed something comes out of that, but it was really, really cool to network with them and chat with them and it was so, so much fun. And I had a couple other networking calls with a few people, one of them a judge who has um, been a mentor to me throughout my time in law school, one of them an attorney my dad is friends with who reached out to my dad asking how I was doing in law school and wanted to connect with me, and another someone that I met on my own terms, my own connections that I have truly built a friend and mentorship relationship with. So very productive week, very busy week, but actually overall a pretty good week. So with that, I want to introduce Marcella. I'm going to pass it along to her, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. Hi, Marcella. How are you? Hi. I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on. You're one of the first people on my list when I like was like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. Who do I want to have on? Because we chatted on Clubhouse about what's it like doing like grad school and working full-time and also managing like a social media career and being an influencer and it was we had so much fun I was like if I do this podcast I would want to talk more about this with her one-on-one so I'm so happy that we get to be here today to do this yeah I'm so happy to be here so um introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself what kind of content you create what you do since you do work full-time outside of content creation where you're from all right so I am Marcella I'm at Marcella Marie underscore on Instagram. Um, I'm a part-time content creator, part-time speech language pathologist in a school, and I live in New York. So apologies if you hear my dog barking, she's a puppy, so she has a lot to say. But um, yeah, so I I do speech therapy in a school. Um, I was doing it full-time, right now I'm at part-time, potentially going back up to full-time, but we will see. And I do content creation on the side, kind of 
was doing it for fun and turned into like a part-time gig and I would love to take it full-time one day but that's where I'm at. How do you manage your time since you do both part-time and when you were doing teaching and SLP full-time and part-time consecration how difficult was it to manage just time-wise and just emails and organization and all of that? So in the beginning, it was, I started my blog when I was in grad school. So it was kind of just like an outlet for me, like a creative outlet, just something fun to do. I didn't really stress over if, you know, I had time to shoot so many looks and I didn't really treat it like a business. So it never really stressed me out in terms of time management. But then when I started working full time in 2019, after I had graduated, that's when, you know, my blog really started to pick up my Instagram started to pick up and I started getting more um, like gifted collaborations, not really so many paid, um, but just gifted. And I was like, Oh, like I can like really make this into something. I have to give it a little bit more time if I want it to be something. Um, So I guess learning how to time manage when I first started working five days a week, I was working five days a week in the summer and during the school year because my school is for special needs students. So they go to school all year long, even in the summer, no summers off. Um, So I guess with that, I started to kind of separate blogging for the weekends and then do um, my regular real person job, I would call it Monday through Friday um, and not really do too much on the weekdays. But then when I started getting, you know, more paid deals and realizing, wow, I can really monetize this and make this into a career if I wanted to, that was around the time that COVID hit. So um, we went to work remote um, and I just went back to work in person three weeks ago. So I had been working remote for preschoolers on Zoom, which was crazy for a year and a half, um, a year and six months. Let me see if I can hold her because I'll power down. Brave's going to join the podcast. Oh, good. We love Brave. She's so cute. I'll post a picture when this goes live so people can see her. So what I was saying was um, when COVID hit, then, you know, I was working remote for a year and a half and I had, I wouldn't say I had more free time, but I kind of had like the freedom to, um, you know, on my breaks, I would put all my time into into the blogging and I didn't really have like the time where I was commuting or, or when I was on a break at work, like that was when I would just put all my time into blogging basically. Um, so now that I'm back in person, I'm still kind of juggling like how I'm gonna figure it out. And because I'm part-time, it's just like a total shift in my schedule. So I'm working like Mondays through Wednesdays in person and then Thursdays through Sundays, I'm off, which is nice. So I kind of can like separate it completely. And then Thursday through Sunday, I just treat like my blogging is my nine to five job. But that's kind of how I've been been doing it, kind of just rolling with the punches. My schedule is like always changing. So just seeing what works best for, for me and my schedule. Yeah, that makes sense. And it is nice that you have those extra two days off. I can only imagine just being full-time and with the commuting and stuff how how long is your commute it's only like 25 minutes so it's not that bad and I can drive it's in Queens and I'm on Long Island so it's not that bad yeah no that's nice so talk about getting into early education special needs education speech language pathology 
you know, did you always know you wanted to do that when you were growing up or in college? Or did you just kind of fall into that? Tell us about getting into SLP. So I never really knew what I wanted to do until I was like a senior in high school. And I had always like dabbled in the idea of working in fashion. Like that was always like my main goal was working in fashion. Um, I wanted to go to FIT. I wanted to work in fashion merchandising and design and everything like that. I even like looked into interior design and just kind of anything that was in the realm of fashion um, or just styling and designing. And I kind of was like looking for a safer option, if you call it, because it's really hard in fashion, especially in New York, to get a job and then make your way up. Um, so my mom's actually a speech therapist in a school and my senior year of high school, I shadowed her in this program that my high school offered where you can kind of like shadow a career for three months. You do a whole project on it, you present on it and you explain like, that's such an amazing opportunity. Isn't that, it was called, I'm trying to remember what the program was called, but it, it took place of like two of your classes in high school. So you didn't do two classes that were like, um, um, electives and you would go and you would shadow for the morning and then the afternoon you would spend like doing your journal prompts that it was like this whole journal that you had to keep on your experience with the career um so luckily enough I got to shadow my mom which was like so cool um and I really loved the career I loved working with the kids I felt like I was making a difference I got like a rewarding feeling from it um, so I decided I wanted to go to school for that. It also was like a, a solid income. I felt like I would be comfortable, um, if I got that job and I know it's like not the most important thing, but it is important to make sure like I was going to be comfortable, um, living wise. So I went to school, I went to SUNY New Paltz and got my bachelor's degree in communication disorders. And then to be a speech therapist, you have to have a master's. So I moved to Long Island and I went to school, got my master's here. And um, the last year of your master's, you have to do a two student teaching um, clinics. And one has to be um, education-based, one has to be medical-based because speech therapists can work anywhere from the NICU to um, hospitals like VAs and, and things like that, or they can work in schools. There's so many different areas where you can work. Um, I knew I wanted to be with kids. I, I did not prefer working with elderly patients. I didn't like the bodily fluids coming at me when they were talking. It was not for me. Um, so I actually got hired at the place where I did one of my student teaching um, externships. They hired me right after. And that's where I am right now is still working there. It's a preschool, but they do have like some school age. It's predominantly um, uh, autism based. So a lot of the students have autism, others have special needs. Um, and yeah, I really like it. I, I like it, um, but now that I've been doing the blogging and influencing and working in fashion, I, like I know that's where like my heart is at. And a lot of people I know, like you can love your job, but you can also have like a passion for something else. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. And I kind of struggled with it for a little, you know, like thinking like, oh, is it okay if like I, I love like two different things that are like completely total opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and I'm like coming to terms with it now, but um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into speech and where I'm at right now. Yeah. 
I struggle with it too. And being in law school and I was like, and fashion and like social media, I was like, they're two completely different things. Like, I feel like I have like two double life. (laughs) Yeah. Double life. And then I started realizing in my clinics at school, um, that I can't, there is a way I could do both like entertainment law, social media law, sports law. Like it is a thing. I have a friend who's in entertainment law, my best friend, and she loves it, like loves it. She does a lot of like music and film. Um, she is in law school too, actually. I should connect you too. She's in her last year, um, but she took a year or two off in between undergrad and law school. And she worked for a few different, um, I don't, I'm not going to use the correct terminology. So I'll just connect you two and you guys can talk. No, that's so cool. And yeah. I would love to connect with her, but yeah, I just, I realized like there is something that I I can connect the two. So now I'm kind of trying to navigate that. And I think I want to, I'll always have my law degree, but I want to pursue social media and a career in social media and finding a way to use my legal degree in social media before I do a traditional legal job. That's so cool. You could work on contracting and stuff like that because you and I, we both read contracts for brand deals. Like, and if you don't know how to read a contract or don't want to yeah, learn, like sure. you can outsource that. So that's where a lawyer can come in. So I'll see where that goes, but I want to talk more about, you kind of mentioned it, the different career paths you can do with a master's in speech therapy. So you chose the kids route. Some people can work with elderly patients, can work with VA patients, can work with like there's, I, I know there's so many different kinds. So can you talk a little bit more about the different paths you can do? Of course. So, great. <laughs> you like hears people. Stop it. He hears people in the hallway just saying hi. But um, yeah. So there's there's so many different things you can do. Um, you know, when you want to work with kids, not even just school age. There's something called EI, which is early intervention. Um, and that's working with kids zero to two years old. So little, little babies working on, you know, if they, if they have like a delay in their speech development, even a delay in like their motor development, um, you can work in the NICU with babies who are like premature and they need feeding therapy. Um, speech therapists can do feeding, swallowing therapy. Then you get to um, preschool, which is what I'm in. And they call that CPSE. Um, and then you move to school age, you can work in school age and elementary school therapists also do like private practice. So kids who aren't qualifying for services in the school, but the parents still want them to get those services outside of school. Um, a lot of parents will opt for like um, an in-home therapy service or just go to a private practice if they can't get those services um, through the school system. I know every state is a little bit different with um, how they go about that, but New York City and New York schools in general are just another breed. Um, Then moving up, um, there's a lot of different types of adult therapy. I'm not like super skilled in them because even in my externships, I didn't choose to do any adult therapies just because I wasn't interested. But, you know, there's um, services in hospitals in, like I said, the VA, any hospital, um, people with aphasia. So people who have had strokes, um, people who have had um, any sort of like brain damage um, and it affects their speech. Speech therapists work with all types of patients in the hospitals. Um, and then I'm trying to think of uh, the, the word that we use 
for this. I know my school offers a program, but it's basically for our students when they graduate high school and they enter real life, um, specifically students with autism and getting them jobs and helping them learn to like live on their own. I know different places call it different things, um, but there's, there's so many different things you can do with speech therapy which is why it's like a really good career choice for a lot of people, especially if you don't know what you want to do, you know, you want to help people. If you want to do something that's kind of like being a teacher, but you don't want to be in a classroom, if you want a mix of like um, education and medical, it, there's, a, there's a lot to it. So it, it gives you a lot of options. Yeah. I like that. I like that there is a lot of options and similar to law school too. People like, I think people think SLP and they think like in school, like yeah. little kids or like kids with lists and like things like that. But I couldn't even tell you the last time I worked on with a student, the last time I worked on like an actual speech sound, like production, like a letter or like a lisp. I, I don't work on that because my kids, um, I work on more like language-based therapies. So you know, things like their ability to um, understand and respond to questions, their ability to read a text and um, tell me details from it to describe things like a lot of language based therapy is what I work on. Occasionally, I'll have a speech sound that we work on. But that's like, the most like tiny part of it, I feel like. But that's like what we know of. And same with law, like you can do so many things with the JD and but people always think of like the courtroom lawyer. So I like that we get to talk about that and share the different avenues. Yeah, for sure. Talk a little bit about what the master's program itself is like, how long is it? What it really looks like, what a day in your life was like as a grad student. Oh my gosh, don't bring me back to that place. <laughs> <laughs> so um, grad school, it's uh, technically it's two years. It's two and a half because it's your first year, it's that summer, and then your second year. So you do go to school in the summer, but the second year you're done in May or whenever your program ends, you don't have to do that extra summer. Um, I'm trying to remember, I feel like this was so long ago. I started grad school in 2017, I was done in 2019. Um, so my first year, you have classes all two years. Um, my first year was classes like throughout the day and then you do an on-site clinic. So most grad schools, especially in speech, they will have um, a clinic on site and, and kids will come into the clinic, adults will come in. It's kind of like a private practice, like I said before. So if a student can't get services in their school, maybe they'll try to go to like a campus clinic um, and work with grad students who are learning about the field and whatnot. Um, so under supervision, you will provide therapy, you'll learn different ways to provide therapy, different techniques. Um, so in addition to your classes, you do that on on-site clinic work. Um, and then the summer, you do the same thing, classes and on-site clinic work, but it's a little bit more of like a lighter load in the summer. Um, you have a, a small break. I think it was like a week. It was so sad that week. I was like, this needs to be longer. And then you go back for your second year and your second year is I don't know if I would say which one is harder. Your second one is definitely like heavier in terms of what you're doing. There's just like a lot more, but the first year you're adjusting to, you know, going from an undergrad schedule, which is 
a lot more lax, even in like communication disorders. Like it's, you have a lot that you need to get done, but like you're an undergrad, like I was in a sorority and I had like the social life and things like that. And I was living on campus and when you're in grad school, it's like a total change. And it's just like, you go to school, you do your classes, you do your clinic, you go home, you go to sleep, you do it the next day. Like there's no social life. It just doesn't exist. Um, so that's kind of why I created the blog too. It gave me that like outlook that I needed. Um, so then your second year of grad school, you do two externships. So, um, for example, like I worked in an elementary school my for my first externship. So I would go there the entire school day, um, four to five days a week. So it would be Monday through Friday. I would go from 8 a.m. to 3 and kind of like shadow another speech therapist in a school, but then you kind of take over their caseload and you do the therapy and they supervise you. Um, and then when you get out of your externship at three o'clock, you go back to school and you do classes from four to like 745 at night. Then you go home and then you do it again. <laughs> so that's basically it. And then you graduate in May and it's the best day ever. Do you guys have to do like an exam at the end or certifications and stuff? How does that work? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> So um, I, I know it might be different for each state, but I had to do a comprehensive exam is what it's called. They call it the comps um, and that you do at the end of the whole program. That's a test that the school administers. So my grad school gives their specific comps. I know other grad schools give a different comps that is more relative to what they taught that entire two year period. And then you have to do a test called the praxis exam, which is, I believe it's state-based. I think it changes based on your state. I might be wrong on that though. Um, and that is a really long exam. You go, you sit down, it covers everything speech related. Um, and they tell you if you pass or fail, like then and there. And That's so nice. I wish we could, like the bar is three months after. <laughs> it would be nice to know right away. You can, you can take the test like up to a certain amount of months after you graduate, but most people do it while they're in grad school. Um, I did mine. Most people do it like right around the time they graduate or a couple months before I took mine in like January, like over the winter break, because I just like, didn't want to have to have the stress of studying for comps and praxis at the same time. I just wanted to, them to be done. And it was so funny. I remember when I took my praxis, me and Alex had a trip to Disney World planned like the next day. And I was like, if I fail this, I'm not going. I'm not going to Disney World. And he was like, you're going to pass. Like, it's fine. I like was taking all the practice tests and was failing all of them. And I was like, I I'm not passing this. Like, there's no way. And I remember I took the test and I passed it. Like, I did really, really well. And I was so surprised because I just thought I was bombing this test. So I was like, I can go to Disney World. <laughs> a nice celebration. Yeah. <laughs> You have those two. There's like another test for teacher certification because when you're a speech therapist, you're also like red licensed as a teacher. Um, so that test was, it was like simple though. It was just like something you have to get done. Um, and then after you graduate, you have to complete a clinical fellowship year. 
which is you get paid, like you're hired as a speech therapist, but you have to have a supervisor for, I think it's nine or 10 months. You have to have a supervisor for, and you have to do like all this paperwork. Once you complete that, then um, you can get your New York state license and you can get, they're called your ASHA C's. So um, it's your clinical certification confidence from like this national overarching agency. Um, so when you're done, you're, it's your name, MS for your master's or MA, master's of science or arts, um, CCC, clinical certification of Com- competence, SLP, which is like your New York state license. It's like a long, long title. How does it feel to have so many letters behind your name? Honestly, it's just like, I'm like, I've been working for it for so long. It's, it was exciting in the moment. And now I'm just like, I just signed it. <laughs> Yeah, so you brought up Alex, your fiance. You just recently got engaged. When did you guys meet? Where did you guys meet? Talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so we just got engaged like a month ago, maybe a little over a month ago now. So it's really exciting. Um, we met in college in undergrad. So we met seven years ago. Um, I was a sophomore and he was a junior and we kind of just like, he was in a frat and I was in a sorority. It's really like such a basic, like meeting, it's nothing special, but, um, we were out one night and, um, my best friend, I was like, Oh, he's really cute. And I'm, I was, I wasn't shy, but I wasn't like super outgoing. Like I wouldn't be like, Hey guys, it's me. I would kind of like, once I was like, comfortable I'd be more social and my best friend was very outgoing and she was like go buy him a drink go buy him a drink like literally pushing me towards him and I we all need those friends yeah and now I'm like thank you for that um and I was like I don't know I don't know so I go and I think I got so nervous I bought like him and all of his friends like a drink and I like woke up the next morning and I was like I just spent so much money like I just spent all this money on like drinks and so whatever, I guess the next time um, we went out, I saw him again. He came up to me and he was like, thanks for buying me a drink. Like now I owe you one. And I think that's how. That's a good, like, that's a good way to get them to come back to you. Like they owe you a drink now because you bought them one. That's a good tip. Yeah. And then we literally just like, we're like inseparable since we, we were like dating for a couple months and then like three or four months in, he asked me to be his girlfriend and he actually like three weeks after he asked me to be his girlfriend, he transferred back home to Long Island um, to do school from a closer university. Um, and we did long distance for, let's see, I was a sophomore, junior, senior, like three and a half years. We did long distance and we had only been together for like four months. <laughs> wow. Talk about that. What was long? I mean, you guys were relatively in close proximity, but right. still like different cities, but what, like, do you think that's made it easier or harder that you like you guys are so close but so far like what was long distance really like and when did long distance end like when did you guys right like how did you guys decide like okay like end goal we're gonna be together we're living here like in this many like months whatever so we we were together for a few months and then he moved home I stayed um I was upstate at college and he was back on Long Island and so um we kind of just like made it work in terms of, you know, making sure we always had like a date to visit. He was in school, so he couldn't just like come whenever and I couldn't go down there whenever. Um, The summers, you know, I would go down for like a few days at a time. And like, that's kind of when I fell in love with Long Island. Like I would go like every other week for like 
four days at a time. And we just have like the best time like going to the beach and like riding the jet skis. And just like, he lived like Long Island's on a beach basically. Yeah. So there's a beach like anywhere you turn. And I grew up upstate on a horse farm. So it kind of was like a city for me in a sense, even though it was the suburbs, it was so close to New York city. So I kind of fell in love with it. Um, and that's like when I knew, I guess like senior year, I was applying to grad schools and I was applying to some like closer to my family and some on Long Island. And I was like asking myself, like, why am I, why am I applying to these schools on Long Island? And I'm like, oh, like they have great speech programs, but also like Alex is down there. And, you know, like that's when we kind of knew, like if I was going to go to grad school on Long Island, like we were going to live together. And if, um, you know, I decided to stay upstate, like we kind of were like questioning, like, will it really work out? Like we've been doing long distance for three and a half years. Like, is it worth it to do this many more, two, two more years of long distance? And in the end, we were just like, we really don't think like we could withstand it for another two years. Like six years of long distance is just so much. Um, but I think it, it was a good thing because I personally like hadn't been in that many, like I had had other boyfriends and I had had a couple of other serious relationships prior, but nothing, um, nothing like crazy. And I was actually like his first like real girlfriend. He had had like other girls and like things like that, but nothing like no like serious relationship. So, um, I think it was good that we were able to like spend that time apart and like we were in our like young twenties and we kind of needed that. I feel like if we were together and in the same college and living like 10 minutes apart from each other, we just like wouldn't have had that time to like be in our twenties and like grow individually, if that makes sense. I know a lot of people say like your twenties are like your time for growing and like finding out who you are and things like that. And even though we were together, being able to have like that individual time, like I had the time to like be with my girlfriends and like have like that girl time without like, you know what I mean? It, nothing like, like crazy, but just that time apart that you need in your twenties. So, um, we moved in together when I moved down here in 2019 or 27, 2017 for grad school. Um, and we've been living together for three years. So we've been together for seven and, we got engaged in August, August 9th, and it was the best day of my life, and I'm so happy. And now we have a house together. Well, we're moving in soon, but um, yeah, so. That's such a good story, and I think it's so true what you said, too, about, you know, being in long distance. Like, you had that ability to have your own separate lives, but you're choosing to be together, and you're choosing right. to put effort in and make the time, but you're not losing your own identity in someone exactly. too in your 20s or in college relationships when you're like literally together 24 7 exactly that's such a good way to look at it because some people like have this like like long distance relationships have this really like bad connotation but they can be a good thing if you're mature enough and like there's an end game end goal. yeah exactly if you have an angle if you have like a plan to make it work um, and you're both like on the same page, like, don't get me wrong. Like we definitely had like our difficult times, like any other relationship, like we're not a perfect relationship, but like we're each other's best friends. And I think like, we're also like somewhat different in a sense. Um, and I think that's like what makes us work like so well together because like now, like everyone, like all of our friends know us as like, like best friends before being like in a relationship, like we do everything together. Yeah, because you had to talk so much and really like your relationship was talking and FaceTime and mm -hmm. 
for so long that you really get to build that true that friendship, that foundation. I think that's so special. So you said you are moving into a house. So you guys are building a house. Talk a little bit. First, tell me about the engagement. I want to know the engagement story Um, and then talk about building a house. The engagement story is my favorite story to tell. It's like, it was like a movie. So it kind of ties into the house because we bought a house last October. We have been renovating for, um, how long? We started renovations like December, January of last year because with COVID, like all of the um, permits and everything just took forever. So we kind of just had to sit and wait for a few months. Um, so started renovating. We should be moving in around like April if all renovations go on schedule. So right now the house is like down to just like framing, like it's down to nothing. Um, we can kind of see like the new rooms that are coming up. We, it looks like the house that we're building now. So um, he decided to do it there at the house. Um, in the backyard. And we were going away to the Bahamas that week that he engaged, that he engaged, that he proposed to me. And so we had had a few other trips this past summer. And I had a feeling it was going to happen this summer. I just like, I was like, we've been together, like almost eight years, like it's gonna happen. We bought a house, we got a dog. Um, And I had been like hyping myself up, like every vacation, like getting my nails done, like making sure I had like this like plethora of white dresses to choose from and like every trip, like it didn't happen. And I was getting like really discouraged, but like, I didn't want to tell him I was discouraged because I didn't want to ruin it for myself. Um, and he would like say things like to mess with me. So like, I knew what was happening this summer. Um, and so when it didn't happen, the trip before the Bahamas, I was like, that's it. Like, it's not happening. Like if it happens, it's happening in the Bahamas. Like that's the last trip of the summer. I don't know what else to say. So I was not even like thinking of it. He did it on a Monday. We left for vacation on a Wednesday. So, and the weekend before that Monday, our best friends just had their engagement party. So I was like, he's not going to do it on the same weekend as our friends like engagement party. So the Monday came and he was like, Oh, we have to go to dinner for my sister-in-law's birthday, which we go to every year. So I didn't think anything of it. And he's like, um, you have to pick my grandma up and drop her off at my parents. And then you have to stop by the house because we have to meet with the contractor before dinner. And I was like, Oh my, why is there so much stuff to do? Like, I just don't. And he really got me. I wasn't even thinking of it. And it's kind of like you, like, had your guard down like you didn't know it was coming because you were expecting especially and then you finally when you let it go like it happens and it's all more the more special so I kind of like that yeah exactly and he was like oh can you just bring me like like a casual outfit for dinner because he was going straight from work so like I packed sneakers and like just pants I was like and I like thinking back I'm like he did that on purpose because he wouldn't wear sneakers and just like sweatpants to propose to me So I picked up his grandma, apparently right when I left the apartment, he snuck into the apartment, grabbed the dog, like grabbed everything he needed, grabbed all my white dresses out of the closet. He gets to the house. I like dropped off his grandma and his parents. His parents were like saying I had to bring like this paper to the contractor to like throw me off even more. So I'm like, okay, like I get there. He's like, meet us in the back. Like we're in the back looking at the back windows. Had no idea. So I walk through the house and he has the backyard like all set up. He has like this, um, I don't even know what you call it. 
it was like this big like white arch thing set up with like roses all over it and like roses on the ground roses like everywhere and like a sign that says like will you marry me and then I don't know if you know who Madison Lane Photo is yeah. she does like a lot of photography in New York so she sometimes will shoot me for my blog and he like dm'd her and like had her there and she was doing oh, pictures and I and Brave was there Brave was like the star of the show she had the ring box around her collar and I was like oh my god like he really got me I had no idea I was in like jeans and like a button down it was white um and so I so I walk over and he does his little speech and then he got down on one knee and then he had all my family from upstate come down had like a surprise party with all my best friends and everything and then we went on vacation like the next day so it was so nice it was like everything I could have wished for I was so happy he did it while I was home so like I could be with my family and like he did it like if, if he did it on a beach like in the Bahamas like it would have been so nice and like luxurious it's not all special and and then you go and get to celebrate it with your family right then and there and then you get to have that trip and your Bahamas trip and also incredible. like I just love the idea of like the tradition that like this is like the house that like we plan to spend forever in and like we plan to like have babies in and like I can tell like my babies one day like dad proposed to me like in our back like I have goosebumps <laughs> oh same so do I oh I love that also <laughs> whatever the time comes for me I'm telling him to take tip like you're give, like, Alex is giving like Alex's Alex's number he can give him a call <laughs> he, like, he went on Etsy he had he's changed my hair appointment like there were so many little details that he did that I was just like how, how did you do this how did you pull this off and the photographer and getting someone that you work with like already so they know you and they know like what you like and your style yeah. and isn't oh love that exactly. so we're gonna do our engage we're gonna do an engagement shoot this month in October so um I can't wait the engagement looked beautiful like the little you didn't put all of it online which I like that you kept it to yourself yeah. but you posted, it posted like a few pics I actually like have the video there's like a video when it happened and like I was gonna share it but I'm like I just like like this like like I want to have this moment like you know you can share it later on in life but right now keep it for you but I love that story like I was telling you the video you can see it (laughs) yay I was getting like goosebumps like the whole time you were talking like oh I love that so much Alex like you need to like start a consulting service for like how to propose (laughs) that was amazing oh I love it and then yeah you guys got to go celebrate in the Bahamas and that trip was incredible so so fun so fun um it looked beautiful and I had just been to the Bahamas I think right before you went but you were in a different part of the Bahamas and it was just like so pretty that was the first time we ever went we had never been and we wanted something like close like that was easy with like the COVID restriction we felt like really safe the whole time um it was just like it was such a nice getaway like I said we went on a few trips um during the summer but more like local um so it was our first like big vacation since before COVID so it was just like so nice to get away the two of us like also like with COVID like we live in a one-bedroom apartment and like we were together like at all times so I think that was like a big statement for our relationship too that we could withstand that (laughs) that's true and I think that's another good thing too like you go from long distance, not really being together all the time. So then all of a sudden you're literally 24 seven on top of each other. Yeah. And that's, that goes to show that it was truly meant to be that it's like, like a guys, make it or break it situation. Break it. You guys can withstand it. <laughs> and then 
now as we're hopefully opening back up the world you get engaged you're building a house you go on this big trip so I want to talk a little bit about your style and like your photography style your like fashion style like a little bit of like content shooting tips and things like that Um, so yeah like because you have such a like cottage core but also edgy but like New Yorker (laughs) (laughs) so good I love that it like you depending on the season and depending on where you are you kind of transform your style but you're very into fashion and design and all of that so how did you find your style like where do you like and content shooting tips and like where to shop all of that so I guess for like style inspiration I kind of lean more towards like Pinterest like I find a lot of my outfit ideas on Pinterest but there's also just like styles that I'm personally drawn to um like you said like the cottage core cottage core is so like I don't know how to explain it because I'm not like full-on cottage core but I like to like mix in like certain things like if it's summer and I'm shooting upstate I'm like I'm gonna go in a field in a fairy dress and like go full-on cottage core but I also like bringing cottage core into like fall and like I wouldn't even call it like cottage core I think it's more of like a Parisian like style like I love that I love shooting in I like shooting in the city like in Soho and things but to me like that gets boring just because like not that in a bad sense but like everyone shoots in Soho and it's beautiful but like I like to do something like I like to mix in Soho with like some beautiful buildings that I might find in upstate New York or like beautiful buildings that I might find on Long Island and the background like is really important to me I know some people it might not be like so you 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 are really good about like the scenery and like the whole picture not just you and your outfit, yeah in the end like the point is to showcase the outfit especially if I'm working with the brand and like generate sales for that brand like that's the end goal but I think like making sure you pay attention to things like the way your background matches your outfit or the way the vibe of the background goes with the outfit like if I'm shooting um combat boots and jeans like I'm not going to shoot that in a field or in front of like a European style building I'm going to shoot that in the city or like in a parking garage or something like that's a little bit edgier and I think just finding a way to make sure that the backgrounds aren't like too extreme too and that they can blend well together like for example I just shot all this content in in Soho for fashion week And then I went upstate and I found these buildings that like remind me of like European style buildings. Um, And just the way like they flow, I'm very into like planning out my feed. Um, I took like Nitsan Raider's Mind Your Business course. And I learned like a lot about um, styling my feed and just organizing it a certain way from her. So if anyone needs like tips on um, planning your feed or anything like that. I really recommend her course. It was like so helpful to me. And I think it transformed my feed um, a little bit. I think I now kind of think more into it, which is a good and a bad thing. Cause sometimes I can get really caught up in it, but also just like kind of not taking it too seriously at the same time. So like thinking about the details and thinking about the idea that you want to give to your audience, but also like not thinking too hard about it because there's certain things that your audience won't notice or they don't care about, like to be brutally honest. Um, so just kind of like finding that balance and, making just making sure it's something that's eye-catching and that 
you think your audience would want to see and that you think that they'll react well to. And it's also just like a learning experience. Like you'll see what people will react well to and they won't. And that's kind of why I do like those little like this or that polls too, to see like what outfits they like and, and say like, oh, one got like 90% of the votes for this outfit and 10 for that one. I'll know like probably not to shoot that one. And usually it's an outfit that's a little out of my comfort zone and not something I'll traditionally post. And I'm like, maybe I should just stick to my basics and stop trying to like go out there and do something that's not like true to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think she had so many good things there. But one, like, I like that the course, like finding the organizing your feed and finding your style, but it looks so, and I think, you have to have fun doing it exactly audience can tell if you're not having fun and I think you do such a good job of like because of the backgrounds and the like the changing of locations it's not the same like five locations you change it up but it all flows so well it looks like you're generally like you're enjoying this you're having fun it looks effortless which is so like entertaining as an audience to watch (laughs) and it's so pretty thank you like, and I love that, like, I haven't taken her course, but I've heard a lot about it. And I just, it was, it was honestly fun. Like I did it on like a day off and I just like got through all of it. And she's like, so cute. And so like fun to listen to and look at too. I, I love her. <laughs> yeah. And then I had another point, but I forgot what it was. Sorry. But, <laughs> no, you're good. Um, but no, I love that. It's so like, you can tell you're having fun and it's so effortless. And I love that. Who shoots your content? Is it you on a tripod? Does Alex help with other girls with Madison? You said like, I'm not good with a tripod. I'm like so bad. Like I, I have done some photos with a tripod and they are on my feed. Um, but I don't like it. I don't like to do it. Some people live for that and they're like taking my tripod out. I get very anxious. Number one, when I do it, um, I, I feel like out of my comfort zone and I think it, affects the way I pose and like my facial expression you know like when I'm with a friend I feel more comfortable and that's fine like that's just me and like that's something I would love to work on and get better at but I just feel like my photos don't come out as good when it's just me um, and my tripod Alex will sometimes shoot but not as much anymore because his work schedule is just crazy and he doesn't really love to do it he shot all my content in the Bahamas so round of applause for him he did so good he hated me by the end of that trip I was like do you want to still be engaged um (laughs) he was like by the last one he's like do I need to take a picture of this outfit I was like yes you do sir um props to him for getting like you know getting through it and pushing through we would just do like so what we would do is like I'd be in a bathing suit during the day I'd be like, first thing in the morning, shoot me in the bathing suit, take 10 pictures. If I don't like them, we're done. And then before dinner, he would do 10. Like we wouldn't do more than like 10 minutes trying to shoot an outfit and we would do it twice a day. So we really only took 20 minutes a day to get two pictures a day, which is a lot. And we were gone for, um, what, seven days. So that's 14 photos yeah. in 20 minutes a day, which isn't bad. But um, normally I've actually been meeting up with my friend, Stephanie. She's um, fashion role on Instagram and we've been shooting a lot together. Um, she's so cute. You guys should all follow her. She's so nice. And then um, just like my girlfriends, like if I'm with my friends and like they're with me and I'll be like, oh, can you shoot an outfit quick? Um, my si- Like if I'm home, sometimes my friend from home will shoot with me or my sister, my sister shot my like that, like picture you used for the 
yeah. the brown tube top she shot that, I love that, that outfit and that background it's so pretty those are like the european vibe buildings yeah, They're, i don't know you're saying i was like i know exactly what she's I talking love about them. i love going back there i shot there for the first time last year and this fall and i shot in the spring and i was like oh my god it's fall like we have to go back there it was so pretty and there was like a cute like farmer's market happening and like music outside and all these cafes and i was like am i in france <laughs> Yeah, I need to come like I I might go to New York in the spring for like a conference for school but I've never done New York in the fall or spring I've only done it winter or summer and I just those pictures I'm like I really want to go like one visit you but also like yes come come you should come I would say the fall I I like the city in the fall better than the spring I like the fall too better because like the like the apple cider and like the donuts and like the tea and like yeah the the leaves changing like not this year because of school but starting next year when I'm no longer in school I definitely be making lots of trips to visit like all my IG friends yeah you should come to fashion week I I want to come to fashion week next next spring or next fall because it's I'll be waiting for my bar results okay so I'm chilling I'm free so I this was my first fashion week ever it was like so much fun you have to go yeah, I'm dying to go. I and I was with Alyssa all around, like uh-huh. and other people up there. Like we joke all the time, like I need to come. Um, and you and her posted like you posted like a little bit like European inspired, and so did she at one point somewhere in the city. I was like, is that London? Because like I want to be there right now so it's bad. Probably somewhere in Soho. <laughs> it was like Bond Street, so I don't know where that is. But I don't even. I I post I posted there. No, she didn't. Oh, I was like, what? You posted like the Paris, the Parisian, like the. Oh yeah. The so you, at the beginning, you said you're really into design, and now you're building a house. Like, what's your design style? Do you know? Like, I'm excited to see your house. Like, I, I'm living for the house content. Like, what do you, what do you so, think your design? I'm filming everything. I'm going to do like a big like reveal at the end. Obviously, I'm not sharing the outside, but I really want to because it's so cool on the outside now. But just like for privacy reasons and and whatnot. So I'm just sharing like interior backyard, stuff like that. Um, so me and Alex actually like butt heads a lot on this because he, if he could make this house into like a stark white and silver, like Miami bachelor pad, he would. And I'm like, no, sir, absolutely not. Um, but we've actually been making really good compromises. We're going for like, like I guess I would call it, I was like trying to figure out what to name this. And we work with the designer too. Um, and we think that my style is more of like an organic modern, they call it. So it's like really light tones, um, a lot of like natural wood mixed in. It's not like farmhouse. I don't really like farmhouse style. It's, I mean, it's nice. It's just not for me. Um, but it's, it's a lot of whites, a lot of natural woods with like a warmer tone to it, but light wood. Um, and just like mixing in like modern elements. So like the outside of our house, we're going to do this like limestone color with um, black windows. Oh, I love that. I can't wait to see it. Like the black, like the matte black brings in the modern and a lot of like the fixtures in the house, we're doing like brushed nickel, like that, like not like gaudy gold color, but like a, like a subtle gold color and matte black. Like I don't like a lot of silver. Just like not for me. Um, and the, we're doing like all hardwood throughout the house, like a light, like warm wood tone, like very, very light, almost like an ashy, but add like a little like warmth to it. Um, we're doing a tile in the foyer area, a big like floor to ceiling all the way up to the attic, like foyer with like a loft area that looks down. 
Um, and everything's like open concept. Like the whole first floor is just open. There's going to be a fireplace in the middle to separate like, like a floating fireplace or fireplace. I can't even talk a floating fireplace to separate the like living room and the dining room. Um, and then we're going to add like a few things that are more like, um, like personal style choices. Like Alex wants this, we were going to do like a walk-in like wine closet room, but we're doing like a wall with like two doors that open up. Our designer like saw it in a restaurant and thought it was so cool. And just like a cool feature to put in the house, especially since we're going to be there forever. Like we want it to have like all these features that we like. Um, the backyard, we like just started planning with um, a landscaper and like backyard design people and what we're going to do. We are on the water. So like, that's cool. We can have like our jet skis and like go in the water. Um, but yeah, it's like all coming together. There's like plumbing and electric there now. I know it's like so boring, but I'm like, there's electric. Oh, that's a big, I mean, I, I've never built a house obviously, but my parent, my aunt, uncle built a restaurant and just hearing all of the so I can, I, I know the plumbing, electrical stuff like that. And those are big, like, those are important things. Those are big. Yeah. It seems like nothing, but it's like, yes, it's going in. They put like temporary stairs and like, they put this like metal beam in when they put that metal beam in, it was like the best day ever. Cause they know they can move forward, like with other things that, you know, are more noticeable things like that people won't see and like that are behind the scenes, but they're exciting for us. Cause it's like one more step forward. Um, but like our tubs were getting delivered, like our faucet hand picking out like faucet handles is holy crap. We were in that store for like three hours to pick out our master bedroom like faucet That's handles. <laughs> um, no, I'm so, your style is a lot like similar to mine, like what I envisioned for my house. So just oh love. I cannot the limestone. We were watching like amazing home rentals yesterday on Netflix. I don't know if you've watched that show. No, I yeah, have well, you have to, but they did season two. They did, they went to this, um, in like California, this wine, this vineyard where you can do weddings. And it was like limestone imported from France. And I was like, can we get Florida limestone for that, my house? Cause like French is a little too expensive, but like the look of limestone. Yeah. Like, it's so nice. And there's like so many different textures and like different, like variations in color that you can do it's just like very it's modern looking but also gives you like I like to say like warmth I guess because when I think modern I think like stark white and like you know but I like like adding in like warmer tones and giving it a little bit of a, like a traditional vibe without being too traditional if that makes sense and that's where I think like organic modern I'm I would say I'm yeah I'm more like I want like the warmth and the traditional but with like contemporary and like I want to I, I love like the that you were saying like the white wood floors like the warmth and I want like a lot of like either like the black or the brown iron like windows and for gold like faucets and like metal finishes but also like lots of greenery and like natural lighting and like so we have very similar style like organic I, modern <laughs> yeah I didn't know that that was, that was a thing but I like that term. I, it took me a long time to find that term I like googled I was like what is my style <laughs> But I mean, that's the cool thing about it being your style. Like you get to make it up and like, it doesn't, you don't have to, I like that too. You're, you don't like the whole, like, you don't like the farmhouse. It's not for you. Like you don't have to do what the trends are. Like you can make things your own. You can take a little piece of little different trends and like make it your own. Style. Exactly. And you don't have to like cookie cutter, like set yourself into this one style. And I think like, I kind of think that way for fashion too, like, you just don't have to be like, why, why like stick yourself in a box, you know? 
Agreed. What What's next for you? So you are possibly going back full-time to work. You're growing this social media business. You say you might take it full-time. You're building a house, soon to be a wedding in the future. Like what's, what's next for you? What do you... Yeah. So I don't, there's so much. I just feel like this is such like a big like phase in my life right now with like, like you said, like the house and now we're like wedding planning and we have a dog and you know, like my, my Instagram's like kind of taking off, like in a sense, you know, I, I definitely grew it in like a short period of time and I'm seeing that like I could potentially take it full time and you know, that's the end goal. So I guess right now it's just like really like working hard and and trying to make those connections happen and and make this a full-time thing um see if we can stay part-time at work for the time being and just at my real job uh, it's not my real like I, I have two real jobs now but I still like I can't like fathom it I guess um and yeah just keep growing and, and meeting people and making connections along the way and enjoying it yeah so much to enjoy. I cannot wait. One for the house, two for the future wedding because it's yeah. going to be stunning. The wedding stressing and I have like calls today for that and I'm just like, I try- I'm sure. I, I'm sure it's stressful, but <laughs> I know it'll be beautiful and I can't wait to see it on Instagram. And yes, sometime next year, 2022, 2023, I will be making a trip and we're going to either fashion week or yeah. for <laughs> visit, like officially meet in person. Yeah. But thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. I'm, I, it's so much fun chatting with you. I love, you're one of my first like IG friends that have become like IRL friends, even though we've never actually met. So like, oh, I, I'm so happy we got to talk Thank about you. this. It was so, so fun. I felt like I was just like chatting. Like I can't wait for everyone to hear about this and everyone needs to go follow you because your style and your house and everything is just so pretty. I, I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun. Where can everyone find you? Drop your handle, your blog, if you're still doing the blog thing. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Marcella Marie underscore. And then my website is www.marcellamarieblog.com. And everything's like linked in my Instagram bio too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave a rating and review. Please screenshot as you listen and tag us so we can reshare and spread the love and introduce more people to the show. And make sure you give us both a follow, comment on our last picture, letting us know what you thought. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.